Good morning, good afternoon, good day. It's Jeff and John from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff, he's John. We like to get together and talk about the Bible and current events and stuff. And We wasn't on here last week because uh, we were having technical difficulties, but he and I talked through some things that we need to talk through anyway that uh, helped me out. And Just prove God's got other plans sometimes yeah. that we don't realize. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of that. It's... Uh, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 9 ish. I think so. Um, right is what we're going to talk about today. Um, and and uh, John had mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, and I said, man, we got, to, we got to do more than this. We got to, we got to explain that because I was one of the that verses that uh, throughout the years I've, uh, I've dealt with, and, and uh, just want to make sure I understood it correctly. And, and uh, so we're going to talk about that verse today. Let us open with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much, Father, for this day, for all your many blessings. Lord, we just ask you to just uh, open our hearts up that we can receive your message. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, John, you want to read the scripture and we'll yeah, talk about it? Since it's been, what, two weeks? Yes. I mean, you know, we can't, sometimes we can't remember what we had for breakfast. I know we're not going to remember two weeks. No, exactly, exactly. Uh, and the scripture that, that we actually came across or what we were discussing was. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5. And actually, you got to go back and pick 4 up to understand where the 5 came in. But it says, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together, I, being there in spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and what it, was, what it was referring back to originally, uh, when you come into that chapter, it's talking about where... There was such immorality going on in the church at Corinth that a stepson was sleeping with his daddy's wife. Mm-hmm. Which, when you when you go back and you think about it, that just means that there was such paganism in the church then that they didn't understand this gospel of grace that we've been given. Mm-hmm. That they were still practicing these things right. in their worship services. So how, how under grace do we deal with that? Well, you're going to deliver the flesh to Satan for him to destroy, but you're going to, you deliver that to save the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, there's controversy there. Yes, there's controversy, but a lot of the controversy is, is not understanding the text. Right, exactly. If you understand the text, it, it, it should wipe away all the controversy. Exactly. Because when you go back and you look at what Paul's talking about, He's talking about he cannot, he couldn't come to them. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. And in the very first part of chapter three, this is why it's so important to read the whole, the whole scriptural passage that pertains to that and mm-hmm. what leads up to it. That's when we go back to that who, when, what, where, and why. Right. Correct. Uh, and it, it comes back in chapter three, and when it, what he's talking about here it says. And and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. Mm-hmm. Which means, when you think about the way he's putting that, his his language that he's putting that in, that they had been born into Christ mm-hmm. under grace, mm-hmm. but they didn't understand what had transpired within them. Mm-hmm. And that now that they're not living in the flesh, they're living in the spirit, and it's the spirit that's supposed to dominate, not the flesh. The spirit right. has been reborn. Right. The flesh is still carnal as it mm-hmm. ever was because they've never grown past that. Correct. Oh, uh, 
you're also talking about when you look at, at, at the volumes of First and Second Corinthians together, that these Corinthians had practices in their churches, even when it comes down to the to the uh, uh, to the sacraments, the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. that they were using that as an, as a as an occasion to come party. Yeah, and not as a solemn thing that we do to, mm-hmm. to honor what the Lord, Correct. you know, the, the, what the Lord had said. You know, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me and of what I've done. Mm-hmm. Not not come together to party and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Which which is well, you look at what the, the even the Jews were doing is in and uh, when Jesus cha- turned over the money changers and 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 all that they were right. they were they were coming in and they were they had their they had temple tax. The Jews had temple tax they were supposed to pay. And they also had sacrifices. So what they were doing was in the temple, they were setting up animals to sell so that you could um, you could go sacrifice. You can't use any other animals but ours. Ours are the ones that are proved, so you got to come to us. Well, you know, and it, and it may not even have been as much that as we, we're providing this for you, and it's so much easier to go buy that sheep or that dove to do the sacrifice and it yep. is to try to find your own yeah or to try to get rid of your one and and people were going you know they got good sheep up there why not just go ahead and sacrifice one of their sheep instead of instead of one of mine it's the same thing yeah i'm putting money into it yeah. and, and 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 then you know the people that were from out of town needed to change their money for the right kind of money. So they had money changers there that were changing the money. And, you know, it, you know, when you go to another country, if you need some of their money, you go to the bank and say, here's my hundred dollars yeah. and I want a hundred dollars worth of their money. And, and it, depending on what the exchange is, they'll give you, um, like if you go to, to, um, Honduras, I know is twenty. One of our dollars is twenty four theirs. So I'd give them a hundred dollars. They'd give me twenty four hundred limps. Yeah. But here's the flip side of that too: is they charge you ten bucks. Yeah. So well, it's they like make a, a profit. Cash and service here. Yes. You know. And that's exactly, and, and which is fine. It's a business. But yeah. Yeah. here's the thing: when you're doing it, trying to say, and I'm air quoting that you're you're promoting worship, but you're not. You're promoting then, and that's the same thing that the people in Corinth were doing. They were. They were allowing things to happen in their church that was not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when you start talking about the sexual immorality, they were allowing that to go mm-hmm. on. And was why, was it, the guy having sex in church? No, absolutely not. No. But the guy was having sex and he was a part of the church and they said, and so they were like, Paul was like, get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And sacrifice him to the devil, so that the, that the the rest of the body of Christ mm-hmm. will not be tainted with him. Mm-hmm. And so, if you look at most Baptist covenants, somewhere in the covenant it says that if somebody steps out of line, that will that, that we'll do what we can to bring them back into line. If somebody is st- steps out to live an ungodly life. Mm-hmm. We try to bring them back, but here's the flip side of that: if they don't want to come back, you got to cut them from the team. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, it goes on the rest of that chapter to tell that. Yes, um, and that's that's what we're talking about when it when it says, and it's under a different dispensational point in time. But Christ, the 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 principle is still the same thing. There is when Christ told his apostles, his disciples, 
to beware of the leavening of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you've got you've got now you're under grace, you're in a different dispensation, a different way of God dealing with people. He's still telling this. Yes. That you've got to beware of the of the leavening of of the, the flesh, of the pagan, of the mm-hmm. old practices of, of you bringing your own ungodly religion into the godly mm-hmm. worship. You can't mm-hmm. do that. It's not a part of this anymore. You're beyond that. You've been given a new right. life to live. You're not under the law. Now you're under grace. And you have the Holy Spirit living within you. Mm-hmm. That's why he goes on in the rest of this chapter. It says, uh, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaven the whole whole lump? Yeah. You purge out the old leaven that you may be new lump. Yep. And then it goes on in uh, verse 9. that says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep company with fornicators. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another one of those dividing lines that you got to mm-hmm. learn. A fornicator's a pagan. Mm-hmm. They incorporated that in their worship service. Mm-hmm. It's part of their, you know, it's part of it, you know? The orgies and all this stuff, the stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, in verse 10 he says, yet not meaning altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, for to do so, you must needs go out of the world. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is he's drawing a definitive line here between church mm-hmm. under grace, pagan worship, sinful, ungodly, mm-hmm. uh, living the way you want to live. Yep, That's that definitive line that I feel mm-hmm. in today's churches that we've lost that sharp edge. Because we know these people over here that, that are doing all this and, they, and we, we live among them and for us to go, but and and see, here's what's happened too, John. You got people in our society today that says, "Well, you don't like us, you don't love us." Yeah, yeah. And 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 as a Christian, that has that's not the case at all. As a Christian, it breaks our heart that somebody's living that ungodly, sinful lifestyle. And, whatever and why is the case, that? because we know if they continue that lifestyle, where they're, going to be. they're leading into yeah. destruction. But we're not going to accept it. We're not going to accept it. That's right. And there's churches out there that have accepted things, and they're allowing people that are living an ungodly lifestyle to be leaders in their church. And when they're leaders in our church, living that ungodly lifestyle. Then their their church is starting to accept the sin, and therefore it may be doing okay physically, but spiritually it suffers because right. you, you you can't teach or preach on the evils of these sins. That's and, right. And that's exactly right. And and therefore you're starting to accept. Come on in, Daniel. You're starting to accept these evils of these sins instead of saying this is wrong. And we can't accept this. Right. Um, and that's, that's what Paul's telling us yes. to do is, is to purge that out. And if he calls himself a brother, not to have anything to do with him. We're not even supposed to eat with him if he's continuing those practices. Yes. If if he's if he's condoning that stuff, mm-hmm. which when you when you when you take that, you compare it to what today. Like you said, our our religious community is is embracing this stuff, and just look, you just don't have to change. Just come on in, and we'll change you after you get here. Well, just like the church of Corinth was doing, right? They were accepting these practices. Well, here's and here's where there's a fine line, and this is where I stand, and this is where this is where I stand on it. I want people to come to church the way they are. 
Yes. Because if there's no way they can get better without God. That's right. That's right. They can't change themselves without God, so they need God. So I want them to come into the church. However, I'm not going to allow them to be, if anybody, to be leaders of the church until they live, until they change who they are. Yes. Yeah. If that, if until God, until they receive Christ and they're changed, they're not going to be leaders. You can't, you can't change on your own. If you try to change on your own, you're going to fail, utterly yeah. fail. But if you allow Christ into your life, He can change you to to be somebody different. Yeah. Are you still going to have those carnal desires? Uh, probably are going to battle those things the rest of your the rest of your life. I mean. Um, but and the only the only way that those carnal desires are going to be put to death actually is by us submitting to that Holy Spirit to yes. God's gift to live. Which which goes back to what we've been discussing about this thing about repentance. Is it an act that we commit? Is it something that we bring on ourselves out of our own effort, or is it something that we allow in yielding to the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Is it something that we allow Him to change us mm-hmm. from within? Well, here's at Reed's Chapel. We had a. We had somebody, some a couple of people came in that that practiced witchcraft, and they never became leaders. They never became. They didn't sing in the, in, the, in the choir. They didn't. Uh, I, I didn't let them take up the offering, um, and I certainly didn't let them count the money. No. But at the end of the day, <laughs> they came and filled a pew. Yeah. And I said, as long as they're getting the gospel and not recruiting, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But the very moment they start recruiting, and I told the deacons this, I said the very moment they start recruiting or they start talking about their their other religion, they're gone. I'm kicking them out of the church. Yeah. And the reason why is because I'm not going to have them come in to the church trying to teach something that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. But here's, here's one of the problems we have in churches today is not so much. I mean, it's easy to go. Okay, well, that guy over there, he's he's uh, living an immoral life because he's uh, um, he's going out and doing you know fornicating and or you got this pe- these people over here that are that are uh, living a, a homosexual lifestyle. You got this guy right here that's done this and you know that they're they're embezzling money and you know they're you know they've been arrested for it and so it's easy to see those people you know what's hard to see is the people who are saying almost the truth yes exactly it, which, which almost comes, the truth which comes back to what discernment is it's see, not necessarily defining the difference between right and wrong it's it's being able to to, to tell the difference between what's right and almost and what's right. almost right right and that's that's what we have in our churches more today than anything else is people who are teaching almost right. And yes. and and if they're almost right, they're just close enough to where people go, Well, I feel good about myself, but I'm not I don't have to make any changes in my life. Um, I can live the way I am. And and uh, you know, God God's progressive he, he understands this that and that's why we can be like this and and they're teaching these things and when they're teaching these things they're to me, that's just as bad as is in the verses of scripture where the guy was was committing fornication with his with his uh, dad's wife, and obviously his dad had passed away. Otherwise, he would not it had been adultery, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, and it does. Yeah, if you put it in that sense, which I've never thought of it that way, 
But that would make more sense. But you know, that's just, what I think based on the fact that that he, he says fornication and not adultery. They wasn't married. Man, I never looked at it that way. But if his dad was alive, it'd have been committing adultery against his dad. Well, if, then if his dad's dead, then he's free from that, from that law. Adultery, but if they're not married, fornication. Then it's fornication. Yes. Yeah. So what I, if? I, yeah, I see. I see where you come. Does that make from, sense? Yeah, they I, wasn't I, married. I they was just. They were just having sex. <laughs> so, and it's because it's like okay. Well, never mind. What's more important, and this is what this is what I had somebody come to me. I mean, probably fifteen years ago, the church was not growing in numbers, but the church was has, the Reed's Chapel has grown spiritually over the years, um, and and uh, and the reason why it's grown spiritually is because we've started studying the Bible and not, you know, and, and, and does that say everybody in here has grown spiritually? No, but the church as a whole has. Because we've had um, leaders that are trying to teach, like we had a, I had somebody. The, the difference between today and 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 eighteen years ago was probably about ten years ago, maybe a little longer. Um, I can't remember now, but somebody looked at me and said, why do we have to study the Bible? I know I'm a Christian. Why do we have to study the Bible? Yeah. And it wasn't long after that we got somebody in here that was teaching heresy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. he was teaching a doctrine, but he wasn't teaching it accurate. Right. So it wasn't something that... It's something I'm not going to get into, but um, it's something that really wouldn't matter much. He was not rightly dividing the Word. Correctly. There you go. <laughs> And and it caused mass confusion. Yeah. And so now they understand why you're supposed to study the Bible. And it, that was brought in like we were talking about a while ago. It's brought in for a purpose. Yes. Just like last week was brought in that we couldn't get on the internet. I mean, yes. It was not any any fault or fact that we done. It was yeah. something somebody outside done. It prevented us from getting yeah. on. So we could discuss what we're talking. But about. here's, go ahead. I wanted to. This is a very good topic. Especially when it comes to concerning studying your Bible, because um, we're with that sin nature. We can, you know, when we come one with the Lord, our spirit is with the Lord, and well, we we stumble. We wonder why sometimes. You know, we read the Bible, and we think we're supposed to be better than that, but we wonder why. But I believe it comes down to when you study the Bible and you see. You go back to Adam and Eve. No one today mm-hmm. is more has a close relationship with the Lord that Adam and Eve had before sin. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what right. we're trying to get back to. Right. Mm-hmm. right. However, if you look at it, even though they were not <clears throat> sinful and had no sinful nature, Eve still gave in to the persuasion of Satan. Right. So it's that persuasive nature that Satan knows that he can attack. And if we don't study the Bible, mm-hmm. we don't know how to be more in tune with our, with us and the Lord to be able to avoid that. Which mm-hmm. is which is just it's bringing that leaven in from the outside. Yes, of the flesh bling, yeah. bringing it in. Yes, which is what Paul's talking about in this particular passage. Mm-hmm. It's look, the man saved, mm-hmm. deliver his body to Satan because he continues to sin. Mm-hmm. Take him out. If if there's a brother that says he's uh, he's a brother, but yet he continues in these sinful fleshly practices. Don't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, why is that? The persuasion. Well, if if it's it's like a um, we've heard the old story, the old saying, "One bad apple, uh, you know, it makes a whole bunch." If you have an apple that's got a bruise on it, and it's it's in a bag full of other apples. Where that bruise touches another apple will cause that other apple to rot. It will. And so, and if it stays in there long enough, it starts from one spot and it'll rot in the whole the whole bunch, which is where quicker than if you take that one bad apple out. And that's what you're doing if you're leaving the person in place that is going to, you know, teach the wrong thing. Then it's then you're you're taking that you're going to take your church backwards instead of forwards towards God. Which goes back to what Daniel says, that says that we're trying to get back to that that, that righteousness that that the relationship that Adam and Eve had, and you can't do that if you keep going backwards right. because we have that sinful nature, that persuasive nature, and if we get if we cut out that the the Bible clearly says if you if your hand offended, cut it off. It's it's not literally talking about if your hand offends you, cut literally cut it off, but separate yourself. From those things that keep you from serving God or glorifying God, yeah. or you know, James says if you can bridle your tongue, which is my problem, I said if you can bridle your tongue, you can guide your whole body, and he's absolutely right. Um, but we have to separate ourselves, and that's what that verse of scripture is talking about. The body of Christ is really it. If if uh, um, I had a I had a guy that I worked for that only had uh, one arm, his other arm. He was a good ball player and all that when he was in in high school, but his daddy was a footballer, and his daddy his daddy would uh, had a putt wooden crew. Now this guy was almost old enough to be my dad. Okay, I mean he was real close to being. If he'd had me as a as a young teenager, he could have been my dad. Okay, but so anyway, um, when he was in high school, he uh, was cutting some wood with his daddy. And he told me the guy's name that cut a tree down and the tree didn't fall the way he was supposed, it was supposed to fall. And he took off running trying to get away from it. And the tree fell on him. But what saved his life is he was in a, it was a marshy area. And so he, he fell in the tree. And so they dug out real quick so that he could breathe. It took him a while to get that off. But his arm had fallen in a different way. So he lost use of his left arm. Mm-hmm. And for years he kept his left arm hoping that he would ever he would get mm-hmm. use of it mm-hmm. one more time, you know, mm-hmm. with technology and all that. And he said finally it was in the way more than it was not in the way. Mm-hmm. So he cut it off. Yeah. Because leaving it on there, it got <clears throat> more in the way and it was hindering. Now this man with one arm drove a five-speed manual transmission truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This man with one arm had a boat and he went fishing. This man with one arm could open a safe that took most people two hands to do. Mm-hmm. This man with one arm could do more with one arm than a lot of people could do. And what I thought was funny is uh, he uh, was a manager of a, of a jewelry store and uh, a guy came in with bad credit. Come on in. Y'all, y'all can speak if you want to. We're still on. We'll be finished in a minute. But this the man came in one time with bad credit, and he says, "Yeah, I, I hurt my arm at work, and I couldn't work for for uh, six months." 
and uh, because my arm was hurt. And he and and uh, Bob looked at him and says, "Yeah, I know what you mean." He kind of shook himself, and that old sleeve just kind of flopped. <laughs> but here's the thing: going back, Bob's arm, and I, that's his real name. Bob's arm um, was was just in the way. Yeah. And so what they did was they cut it off to get it out of the way. Yeah. It was useless to him. Yeah. But because of it dangling down and, and useless, it hung down and it would get caught on things. It it uh it looked bad so he'd have to wear a glove. It uh because it just shriveled up. It had blood flow but it didn't have any muscle that could yeah. so it looked bad it, it and and then he'd have to take it where he could just tuck his sleeve in. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the same thing with the body of Christ. If there's something in our church in the body of Christ and and we're getting into my the message today yeah. that God laid on my heart um too but but if there's somebody in the body of Christ that's not serving God the way they're supposed to be serving God and you can't talk teach them and tell them hey you've got to stop this life that you're yeah. living and and give yourself to Christ listen to what the Holy Spirit says then you've got to cut them from the team. Yeah. And see, this is this is where this apostasy has come into the yes. church, this separation. And it goes back to, to uh, what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is what I've been looking for, mm-hmm. part of what. Uh, and it says, But I fear lest by some means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. All right, yes. what is that? For if he co- he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or there's a, there's an addition to it. There's another you know uh-huh, another uh-huh. thing to consider. Or if you received another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with it. And see, that's where we're at. We bear with these things. Yes. We allow them that we have allowed them to come into the organized body of Christ, and we've accepted them as a part of it. And we're allowing them to continue to practice their pagan stuff and their their carnal desires and all of that within the church today, and bring their ideas in that we should just love everybody. Isn't it just special? Well, when you tell, when you don't, when you fail, yeah. when you don't, when you don't tell somebody of the sin in their life. And, and and the results and what is going to happen because of that sin, then you don't love those yeah. people. If, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that right? All right. So, listen, Sunday night, Sunday night, I got dressed. I, we're doing Blake's ordination service. Mm-hmm. And I got dressed and uh, I did not zip my pants. And uh, then I... I I was I hadn't done an ordination service in a while, so I, you know I was kind of nervous about the whole thing, and and uh, the email didn't work when I emailed my message. I didn't realize yeah. that, oh, and yeah. so I didn't have my my, my <laughs> I got hey it came in Tuesday, and so come on in Robert with a cool vest on we we match, um, <laughs> but anyway so I got I got to, uh, just about to preach. I always check I always check my fly. And so I went to the bathroom, and sure enough, I had left. I, so I, I praise the Lord, I didn't do it. But here's the thing: if somebody would have seen that and not told me, then I could have got up and embarrassed myself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I've actually had somebody tell me one time, go, hey, hey, your, your zipper's undone. And I go, man, I appreciate that because I yeah. want to know that. If you love someone, you will tell them the things that will help them out. Yeah. If you don't love them, you won't. You won't, exactly. And that's exactly. the whole point. I, I preach messages on that. You've got to tell people. And if, and if they don't want to hear it and you're using Scripture, then that's on them. That's on me. That's exactly yeah. right. I just wanted to read it because what you said reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15:34. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. That's exactly yes. right. Yes. Oh, that's exactly right. right. That's exactly if the right. people that don't know, it's because of us. Yes. Yeah. And that's our shame. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Appreciate you uh, pointing out our shame, Absolutely. Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he pointed right at me and John. I don't know. He didn't point at Robert over there. So, so. <laughs> Appreciate that, bud. We're really friends. <laughs> Paul was right to me and John. <laughs> but, but see, well, I mean, Daniel brought the fact up. But, but he's, but he's right. right. He's absolutely when, right. As a Christian, if we don't tell others about Christ and they go before God, it is our shame. There's a song that people sing, Thank you for giving unto the Lord. Yeah. I'm yeah. a life that was changed. There's also a song that talks about, and I wish I, I need to find it. It's, in a, it's a hymn. And the hymn that talks about... Uh, the, if you had to pass by the people you didn't witness yes. to, that yeah. you did, that you had an opportunity to share the gospel, and you and going to heaven, you had to pass by these people, yeah. and and they go, what if you? Why didn't you tell yeah. me? Yeah. And yeah, I want to I want to end with the story. I had a I went to an alcohol awareness class back when I was in college. That uh, the fraternity had, fraternity told us we had to go to. I went to several. And two guys from the fraternity house from the from the same fraternity had. Uh, had come up with this and uh, talking about alcohol and all this. And he said, and the reason why they came up about this, they went to the national fraternity and they said, we want to do this for the, for the fraternity. We want to make people aware is because they had a guy that they went to college with and there was a reunion. It's like a 10 year reunion. And uh, they saw old Joe coming in. I don't know what the guy's name is. So we're going to call him Joe. They saw Joe coming in. They said, man, what's been going on? He goes, well, I, I, I flunked out of school because of my drinking. He said, I, he goes, then I, I got me a job, got married, lost my wife and my job because of my drinking, went to rehab, got out of rehab, went back to get drinking, got out of rehab again. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm sober now. And uh, they said, well, wow. So this is all happening like a little over 10 years because he dropped out of school. And they all laughed and said, "Man, we figured out what how you you drank all the time. We 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 saw that coming." And he looked at them dead in the face and said, "Why didn't you tell me?" And so, here's the thing: we don't tell people because we don't want them to get mad. But I'd rather you get mad at me for me telling you the truth to try to help you than for you to to end up burning in hell. Well, here, let me throw one at you, okay? All right. How many times have you heard this? Don't try to force your religion down my throat. Don't come telling me about that and trying to force that down my throat. Right. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't it tell you. It wouldn't be so important for me to come to you and give you the blunt reality of what the outcome of your sin is going to be Absolutely. on an eternal basis. Yeah. On an etern- This is about eternity. Yeah. This is about when you close your eyes for the last time and you open them. For the first time in eternity, 
that's where you're going to be from now on. Mm -hmm. You can't change it. Now is your opportunity. That's why I am. That's why I'm pressing this issue so much and trying to get you to realize mm -hmm. that you know, pick your sin, whatever sin you're still in, and rejecting Christ, mm -hmm. and whatever sin you're in. That's why I'm putting this on you like this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you're forcing us. You, you're cramming this down my throat. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't do it. Absolutely, it wouldn't be so. How good. much do we love them? Exactly. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come and share your word. Lord, just help us to understand how to mm -hmm. rightly divide your word. Mm -hmm. How to accurately and, and effectively convey it to other people. Mm -hmm. That we're not doing this out of hate. We're doing this out of love. Yes. Father, go with us in our service day. Go with, with us this next week. Keep our hearts and our minds focused on you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.